Yeah, it's like when me and Austin are at work, a little casual homosexuality. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that load. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe, secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. It is ABC, featuring the VIPs of SBT. Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty It might be all four or just one, two, or three Cause they're old and kind of busy So go get ready and take a peek So set your phasers to download A rarity that we had bestowed Special moments no one would have shown Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload in a very special episode. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode podcast where we review the greatest movie event in history. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I could put in sound effects for that, but do you think it'd be better? Eh, probably not. I'll go with not. Uh, today we are reviewing Avengers Endgame. In this movie, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Redacted, 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 and Black Widow go to Redacted, to Redacted, uh, Redacted, Redacted, Atman says Redacted, Redacted, Infinity Stones, Redacted. All right. So, uh, with me is the person who made peace with her inner rage. <laughs> I, I guess I guess Austin Gorton. <laughs> you seem unconfident with this. And uh, also with me is a person who violently kills Mexicans and Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> David Ignatius went with the inner rage, huh, Ryan? <laughs> then you're going to be like a genocidal maniac. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say me, Ryan Alexander Tanner. I don't, I don't claim that term at all. But um, I'm a time traveling hero. Yeah, <laughs> you're sent from the future to fuck up and. Uh, and also with us is our guest, Mark Janakio. He said Welcome, it right. Mark. Hi. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, so. I had to be like, ah. I was gonna I ask. I was almost corrected you, David. I was like, no, it's Genocchio. <laughs> Welcome, Mark. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, again, this is your third time, I believe. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, the hat, it's the hat trick. How the, mi- yeah. how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> they always say the third one, it'll be uh, the disappointing climax of your trilogy of visits. <laughs> it'll really fall apart at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to having multiple endings to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just think the second time you come on is good because it doesn't have to wrap up neatly, so it can just have like a cool ending and then just kind of cut out real fast you know yeah right. yeah this time we're all gonna be really uh sentimental for too long <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna really analyze just how all the threads connected you know there's no more room mm-hmm. for open-endedness uh yeah so we're <laughs> trying to think. we're reviewing avengers endgame that us four reviewed infinity war Two, All right. if I remember correctly. Infinity War nope. also. Yeah. 
This is Infinity War 2, David. We reviewed (laughs) Infinity War also. That's right. (laughs) We're all still... Unless somebody went back in time and changed that, I don't know. We're all still virgins. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it seems like no force in the universe will ever change that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I uh, I guess we should throw out the caveat. I mean, I don't know... I don't know why you wouldn't be listening to this episode if you, A, haven't seen Avengers Endgame, and B, give a shit about Avengers Endgame, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, spoilers and junk. But we are, th- this is coming out after the the Russo brothers who directed the film officially announced that the spoiler wall was coming down, because that's mm. apparently a thing they have control over. <laughs> um so, so if you if you get if we spoil you, it's on you at this point. Is is what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. I will admit, I went an entire week before seeing this movie and did not get a single spoiler. So it is I'm possible. I, that is impressive. It's possible. I mean, I, I banned my Twitter account for like a week, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it can happen. <laughs> I saw it at 10 p.m. on opening day, and I was so nervous about. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh boy, I'm, I'm just gonna have been out for four hours, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> where can we find you online? Man? <laughs> the end. It was all canceled out. So, do we want to go like step by step, or just go? Well, through yeah. The do we want to? Well, I guess I do. We want to review our relationship. Probably not. I guess. <laughs> nah, go listen to Avengers: Infinity War episode. Yeah. And we all like these movies. For- We've seen them all, right? We've all seen them all. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Yeah. Mark's a big Spider-Man fan. Has his own Spider-Man podcast. All sorts of fun Spider-Man stuff. Exactly. Or doesn't. Doesn't know anything about anything else. <laughs> yeah, the rest of this universe is just a big blind spot for me. So <laughs> you're gonna have to walk me through this. He cannot tie his shoes, but mm. he does know who the Prowler is. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm an X Men fan who's had to deal with my favorite characters going from like the top of Marvel's heap to the like film ghetto at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you get, Austin. I know. So I saw this when it came out, and then I just saw it again. Like I literally got out, left the theater an hour ago. Oh yeah, oh, so, nice. Yeah, I was gonna try to see it a second time. I couldn't make it work. Am I the only one who's seen it twice? Yes. Okay. Everybody's seen it once. I've seen it twice. I've not. Right. Uh, yeah. So Austin and I saw it two weeks ago. So yeah, we saw it opening night at like I don't know seven fifteen or something. Like yeah. That. It so hasn't been out for two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, two for like two weeks. Days. Yeah, sorry, two weeks sorry. when this airs. Yeah, yeah, I guess there was a time heist and they saw it a week before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, one and a half weeks ago, <laughs> we saw it. Yeah, it's been two weekends for us. I guess. So, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the movie, Ryan? I thought it was awesome. Um, both of the Inf- and Infinity War and Endgame, both of them, like when it came out of the theater at the end of the first one, I was like, what the fuck did I just see? It was like overwhelming. And then I think uh, Infinity War, I'll watch more times. It's like the most rewatchable movie ever made because it's basically nothing but fight scenes strung together. And then this is like the big emotional payoff for having seen 22 movies. My main thing about this movie was I was all I really wanted was one big huge 
fight scene with everyone in it, and they delivered that. So, um, and it emotionally, I think it wrapped up really nicely. Mark, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny that I thought that. I mean, it, I I was immensely satisfied by it, but then at the same token, like when I was like kind of sitting there in the theater watching it initially, like through like the first like third of it, I was like, do I actually like this? Because it kind of felt like, in terms of the pacing, it was a little uneven in the beginning, and and like it kind of took a while to kind of get into it. But then, like once once it kind of got moving on all cylinders and stuff, I mean, like just like just a ton of great character moments, and like you know, like people keep coming back to the idea of fan service, fan service. But like to me, this was like fan service in the very best way possible. Like it just like everything felt very rewarding and earned, and and I really enjoyed it. I I mean. I think maybe I probably would still put Infinity War above it just because like Infinity War just felt like just like this runaway freight train in terms of just like being nonstop and intense and the kind of a movie experience I'd never had before, whereas this felt a little more um, in line of what I was almost expecting. But that's not to take anything away from just like my overall enjoyment from it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Austin? Um, for the most, yeah, no, for the most part, I'm just trying to figure a different way of saying, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Um, like Mark said, it, I thought it had some interesting pacing stuff going on. Um, like the first 25 ish minutes where everybody is just like super depressed and stuff, um, is actually, is, is really good. And then the, the middle seems a little bit long compared to, the climax and and that super depressed part um it's funny but i feel like maybe they lean into the humor a little bit too much in the middle sections there when they're doing some of the time travel stuff and it gets a little bit sticky but even there they they land enough different character moments and stuff that it's enjoyable and then yeah i mean the climax is just fantastic it's everything that we've kind of wanted since they started doing these movies um there's two moments in particular that i'm sure we'll talk about that were just like total fuck yeah moments that that i've been waiting for for a long time to see and um and they totally paid off and then the movie ended and it did two things in particular in its ending that i find to be deeply problematic uh and I'm sure we will also talk about those <laughs> and, how pro- <laughs> and how problematic what? they are. What uh, makes you think that, Austin? I don't know. I have no idea why I might think that. Um, <laughs> and so, so yeah, from a you know emotional standpoint, it sticks the landing. It gives you kind of the um, the big exciting action beats that you wanted, but uh, the. But there's some there's some things at the end that leave a sour taste in my mouth. And like Mark said, that for that reason and others, I definitely could see myself just going back to inf- watch Infinity War more often than I feel like I would reach for this to watch. And maybe I'd watch like that big fight scene at the end when everybody comes pouring out of all the different Doctor Strange portals. But uh, Infinity War as a whole was just like a shit ton of fun. So I've been trying... This- <laughs> It's been a week and a half, not two weeks. I apologize. <laughs> so some of my rage has subsided. But the ending to this movie left such a bad taste in my mouth. What? 
that it's been hard for me to grapple with it all and remember that I was enjoying it before the end. Are you serious? Yes. What the fuck? What's your big complaint? <laughs> no, you want to just dive right into it? I guess. <laughs> I Yeah. You can't take 50% of the population of Earth away, mm-hmm. wait five years, and then just shove them all back onto the Earth and think everything's going to be fine. I mean, I don't think this is going to be the last Marvel movie. So they definitely set up a really weird uh, status quo that they're going to have to deal with. I'm sure Spider-Man will talk about it and we'll go from there. But yeah, but I mean, it's like. It's bigger than you can, like, it's more than just like, hey, let's mention that, hey, wasn't it weird when we were gone for, like, the entire structure of the world would have changed yeah, by then. sure. I mean, it was a huge cataclysm that happened, and there's five a five-year gap between half of people, which would be pretty mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weird decision. And I'm not sure they're going to deal with it the proper way, and I don't even know if I want, because it's like... Every single movie from here on out should be, like, in this alien Earth that we can't even quite comprehend. Well, after the first Avengers movie, I thought they did a really good job of sort of establishing how the world would be changed by an alien invasion in New York, you know? Like, they really seem to think about it and strategically address that over... So, I don't know. I have faith. But I just don't... But at the same time, like, it's like, this should be, like, the thing they're dealing with. Just society in general is dealing with for like years to come but that's mm-hmm. also not what i want from marvel movies either yeah. is just when i dive into this one thing so i it's like going forward like either every movie deals with it which would be realistic or they don't which would be what i want but then that still leaves me unsatisfied with just the narrative in general and that's what i'm frustrated i'm gonna by. say it's too soon to say i'm gonna say it wasn't this movie's job to establish really how the world is after this event beyond these characters and that they might who knows? I, I'll be upset later if they fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, but I feel like there's always this caveat. Like, it feels like these big tentpole franchises now have like a get out of jail free card where they're like, we're going to deal with it in a future movie. And sometimes maybe they just hope people forget about it and they don't deal with it or not. But they seem to just be like any loose end, maybe a future movie will deal with. But yeah, then it, whether they are not. It's a weird problem. I mean. And it seems like they Mm -hmm. mostly, well, uh, it seems like they mostly did it so Tony Stark could have a kid in a way. Yeah. But also what I, okay, so when I saw this movie, I don't really like time travel Mm -hmm. as an element because so often it's like, well, why don't they just always travel through time? So after I saw this the first time, I wasn't sure what to make of the time travel, but I spent some time with it. Oh, and um, (laughs) it it seems to work. The basic idea being that you can't change what's happened, which I think is always the problem with time travel. Yeah, the the way that I finally was able to wrap my head around it was basically just the idea that it works the way time travel under Mark Grunewald in the Marvel Universe would work. Someone was just telling me this. So what is it? Which is, it's that, Traveling through time doesn't change your timeline. It just creates an alternate timeline. Right. So, like, Kate Pride goes back in time from a hellish future ruled by Sentinels to try to avert that timeline from being. Yeah. And she does, 
but it doesn't stop her timeline from existing. When right. she goes home, she goes back to that same shitty timeline. She's just created a different timeline where the same shitty things don't happen, right. which is, of course, convenient because then the X-Men can travel to this dystopic future over and over and over again, confident that they aren't living in it, but that it is still around there. Right. Like if we're in universe 616 and you, Austin, go back in time and kill Hitler... If you go back to the present, you'll still go back to your present, but you'll create a separate- my Hitler, my my full of Hitler present. Right, your Hitler just crammed yeah. with Hitler. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but you're creating a divergent timeline where Hitler has been killed, and you could stay there and live your life there if you wanted, but you couldn't go back to this present after. The- and well, yeah. they, I feel like <laughs> the movie really didn't make their time travel mechanic. They kind of talked about this, but just as clear as it could be, but it's a problem with time travel in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's more of a complicated notion that easy to get a, than some other ways you to deal with time travel, but usually with all time travel, you kind of, no, deal but with I think it's clean. BS. Like, listen, so everything happened as but we've seen it. It's all happened. I got another point. All right. <laughs> My other point is if you go back in time and create an alternate timeline, mm-hmm. And that alternate timeline leads to unspeakable suffering with everyone within that timeline. And then go back to your own timeline when you travel back into the future or to your present. Are you responsible for the unspeakable unspeakable suffering that's being inflicted upon people in another timeline? Yeah, but the timeline they created was one where the snap never happened. Uh, they also created a timeline where Loki's running amok with that's the... That's true. Uh, and that'll the probably team. be the Loki series. And they'll... um. And every death in that series will be on the Avengers' hands. <laughs> totally, yeah. Well, and um, this also kind of collides with the multiple universe theory, where like you create alternate timelines, but then aren't they already created? I don't know, but oh yeah, the idea that like I dr- I drank a Coke instead of a Pepsi yeah. means that by like automatically there's an alternate reality where I drank a Pepsi instead mm-hmm. of a Coke, and it doesn't require time travel to do that. Yeah, I don't right. I don't know that that's the world they're working with or not. <laughs> I think it's clean, though. I think that everything happens how we saw it. And then they created a separate timeline. There's one where Loki escaped and there's one where Thanos is killed in 2014. So the snap never happens. Yeah. Ulti- um, ultimately, yeah. they cr- they inadvertently created two alternate timelines as far as we know. Three. Three alternate I timelines. I'm pretty sure. So this is the big debate, I think, is that. My theory is that uh, Steve, there were two Steve Rogers. When he goes back to the 40s, he lives his whole life. Like, he's been alive that whole time. The whole time he was frozen, he was actually living his life post-Endgame with Peggy. Yeah, no, the the writers... Like how did he do that without creating a rift in the timeline? Because it always happened that way. But then why doesn't everything always happen that way? Because it's not what happened. <laughs> like, um, you can't have it both ways. You can't have, like, well, we go back in time, everything happens as it always does, and except sometimes it doesn't, and then you create an alternate well, timeline. The writer- but it's not like a million people went back in time in this movie. Like, we saw every outcome of time travel. The writers have said that that Captain America went back and created an alternate timeline. That the the question is, what did old Steve do to cross back over to this timeline at the end in order to give Sam the shield? Well, apparently, the writer and the directors have different opinions about it, (laughs) based on today's internet articles, but I mean, I don't know, it's all fake anyway, but my, my, the way I'm 
gonna accept it is that he because the other thing is that we never saw who Peggy was married to. That was the thing they never showed us. So it was actually with Steve all along. Well, and that's my and I'll I'll jump in here. So f- for me, I. So I referenced before the two things that the ending that bugged me about the ending. David's point was one of them. I don't think the full ramifications of the half the population is five years younger than the rest hit me quite as hard and as quickly as they did for David. Um, mm-hmm. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, holy shit, this is ridiculous. Like this is a this is as alien a world as anything from Star Wars now. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that bugs me is is Captain America quitting and the. The only way or one of the ways that it's less egregious for me is if he created an alternate timeline, because if he went back, if the idea is that he went back in time and lived his life with Peggy in our in the timeline that we've seen, then he Mm -hmm. stood by while it all a ton of shit happened. Like, well, but we don't know what he was doing. Like, one is that by the time these movies started, he was like 70 years old. Like, when Iron Man came on the scene, he was already an old man. And he may have done, just not as Captain America, he may have done all kinds of cool shit. Maybe he should have stopped JFK from being assassinated. Maybe he should have but warned someone about not, 9-11. Maybe he should he have gotten his created... best fucking friend out of Hydra deep freeze if he's sitting around knowing all of this stuff is going to happen instead of just boinking Peggy the whole time. But he did it with the knowledge that he couldn't change the future. Except so. for him going back in time and changing all of this marrying peggy and marrying peggy yeah, like how is how is and that how, how does the captain america marry a federal agent to begin with without everybody not knowing that this federal agent has is with captain she's america she's a secret agent but guys guys <laughs> guy, she's good at keeping secrets you're missing you're missing an important point to all this there was mm-hmm. that lovely dance scene at the end and it was so beautiful <laughs> and why does this matter <laughs> mark <laughs> Mark, <laughs> I've got a question for oh, you. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> now, you seem to be a fan of this hero named Spider-Man, yes, right? Yes, correct. Yes. Uh, is there any sort of motto or credo that kind of like he lives by and what inspired him to be a hero? Uh, yeah, I know. Something about power, responsibility. <laughs> I think it's, uh, yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Uh, as part of having great power and that responsibility comes with it, does that include just quitting in the prime of your power? Well, if there's a lovely dance scene, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was reading on I was reading these science journals and they said that the latest quantum physics theory is that there's an unlimited number of parallel re- universes, but this weird paradox is that in every single one David Bitsenhofer is a curmudgeon. <laughs> it's never not that way. In any any you could do anything, any variation of reality is, it, is not good enough. Is that what physicists call the Bitsenhofer constant? <laughs> yeah. I don't um, want to be this way. I could have enjoyed it as long as they just didn't have Captain America quit and, uh, and this you know, is... just went back in time and stopped the snap instead of. I think after you save the universe, like literally save the universe, you can retire. Well, this man. okay, great see... power, great responsibility. He's Captain America. The best Avenger is quitting when you've got half the population coming back from five years, and he's the only one with the experience to actually help them through this. Yeah, and that's where for me. So 
okay, he's in an alternate timeline. For all we know, he made that alternate timeline way better than our shitty timeline because he knew what was going to happen. And I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with the idea that, like, he's fought enough. Like, it's time to, like, put down the shield and, mm-hmm. and you know, he's given his all and he saved the universe. He probably, he's done fighting. But all, you just had half the population of the planet come back and they have to deal with reintegrating themselves into a society where they've missed five years. You know who could probably help them with that? The guy who had to reintegrate himself into society after missing out on 70 years. And I'm not saying that Captain America had to keep being an Avenger. He could have passed the shield on to Sam and been like, I'm done fighting. Instead, I'm going to do what I can to help the people that came back adjust to their new reality because that's what I did. I'm good at that. I'm the only person in this world who's gone through what half the population of Earth has gone through, and I can help those people deal with it. Also, I I'm going to hang out with okay. my best friend that I like blew up my relationship with the Avengers and my, you know, relationship with my country in order to save his life and now we could like hang out again but instead i'm gonna go back and hang out with my girlfriend bros before hoes steve never he never belonged in our time so i think he did his time i don't think he owes it to the world to be a fucking counselor to planet earth after uh, restoring reality i think i don't think he retire and go live in the 40s i don't think i also think there's a lot of but i I think the Captain America that I know would have felt it was his responsibility to help any way that he could. I think that there's a lot of room, too, for him to show up in stuff in the because now he's lived for the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Like this isn't to assume that he just sat in a chair. And yeah, no, nothing, I mean, if, but... it, if a future movie is going to tell me that, like, old man Cap became, like, a counselor to help all these people, <laughs> I'll, I will withdraw my objections. All right. I just think he did his. I don't think. I think he did his due diligence. I think if he wants to go retire and be married, yep, in he the could. Past. Maybe twenty years later, when he's no longer capable of saving lives like he used to. But right now, there is going to be lives in danger. The world's a mess right now. They're going to need like heroes also- more than ever. And now he's not going to be there to help. And there's going to be people are going to die because he wasn't there. Hey, guys, wasn't it cool when Captain America had Thor's hammer? <laughs> <laughs> you know, these movies are dumb. Like the first Avengers movie, the whole middle of the movie is they put a big floating hovercraft in the air and then it falls out of the sky. Which then they, every time a helicarrier is in the sky, it falls. Like, why do they have those at all? <laughs> These movies, none of them hold up under any scrutiny. They're fun movies. Ryan, if you don't think David objected to the ludicrousness of the helicarrier in the first Avengers movie, then you do not know David. Well, I pointed out the Bitsenhofer theory. I didn't object to the loot. I didn't object to the helicarrier. <laughs> I liked the first Avengers, and I liked this movie. I think I've always have to watch it again. I'm saying the ending left a bad taste. Right, and that, like and I what said, happens it, is it, it was especially the 50 percent of the population, and just what a mess that was. And like, then it ends with like Ant Man just looking up to the sky, all content, even though he missed like five of his daughter's formative years. And I'm like, it just didn't. If it, it was framed as a happier ending than it should be, because the world is going to be a goddamn mess, and so that left a bad mm-hmm. taste in my mouth. And then what happens is I start nitpicking at every, like I start looking at everything, because now I'm angry. 
and this is what happens. But what about Fat <laughs> Thor? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was fun. Yeah, well, I think, I guess if we want to move this along a little, like, I think one of the reasons they did what they did was because they really wanted the, quote, original Avengers, at least movie-wise, Mm-hmm. to have like their swan song and like have them go through these five years but they really didn't want to age the rest of the marvel universe and mm-hmm. so this is what they did and so what do we think of the swan song for the avengers i thought it was great do you like where they all because i mean we could go one by like so hulk has just <laughs> i'm gonna reserve my complaint for a moment but uh <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> no so hulk is what he's now he he has combined Banner and the Hulk into one person, but yeah, he doesn't smash yeah. almost at all in the movie. He's what uh, he's what they call in the comics the Professor Hulk right. variant yeah. of of mm. Hulk, where it's the like body of Hulk, all the strength of Hulk, but with the mind and self control of Banner. This is basically Peter and David's Hulk, right? For the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, which is generally the the most acclaimed iteration of Hulk. I would say it's my favorite version of Hulk. So yeah, well, it's an era of Peter David's right, Hulk. Right, also the gray the gray. Hulk was Peter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, it's actually the Hulk from when Infinity Gauntlet was happening. Yeah, you're right. I never even thought of that, Ryan. But you're right. That's when when the original Infinity Gauntlet happened. This was the version of Hulk that they had. And one thing that I thought was a weird, like when uh, after they're like, oh, Black Widow died. And Hulk's like, ah, fuck, she died? And then he's like, oh, man, I should have called her in the five years that we were both (laughs) on Earth. I think I would have developed that relationship at all. <laughs> yeah, my my only complaint is that they spent so much time last movie dealing with the fact that Bruce Banner couldn't turn into the Hulk. That was like a major plot point, and then like it solved off screen between movies, which just felt a little weird for me. David, but, that's not your only complaint. No, my <laughs> only complaint, complaint with, with Hulk. the Hulk. <laughs> but I do feel like, and I don't think this was the case. There's like a lot of. It almost feels like. It was two different writers who did these movies, and the second one just kind of wanted to ignore things conveniently of the first mm-hmm. one. And it, they didn't flow together as much as I thought they would. I'll put it just. I don't know. I think the first one is like a bombardment of cool shit. Yeah. And then the, this one is like, okay, we got to kind of emotionally wrap up. Because all these Avengers movies that work are really just about the essential characters and them having arcs. And that's yeah. why the villains sort of are secondary a lot of times like loki is the villain of the first one who's just a villain from thor and he barely does anything it's really about these characters and their how they function together and what's going on with them based on these other movies so i thought in that sense it was uh it worked really really well yeah but then you have like character moments happen off screen which then some but you also had a million payoffs this movie managed (laughs) to have 22 movies like i just watched it again even like um when uh, everyone, the squadrons show up to back them up in this big war at the end, and uh, Falcon is communicating with Captain America, and he says, on your left, which is like what he said when they first met each other. That was like their meet-cute line. There's like a million Mm. things like that, like sort of culminations of all these movies. I, yeah, I I had, I, I almost got teared up when he just, when Cap's like, it's basically him against like Thanos and his entire army and he's his shield is broken and he's just all battered and all of a sudden you just hear like the static on the radio and then on your left and it's like, Oh, that's what yeah. he said to him in that movie and now they're coming <laughs> to help him. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all came uh, pouring out, and it was fantastic. <laughs> 
Yeah, we could get into Black Widow. She just dies. I think that's her swan song. <laughs> I I thought it would have been. It was funny because um, if Hawkeye had died, like no one would have given a shit. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> he wouldn't have even had to die in slow motion, or you wouldn't even need like swelling music. He would have just like jumped off, and she'd be like, "All right, got stone." <laughs> I guess Linda Cardellini will miss him. I, don't know. I mean, did we miss him in the first Avengers? I don't think we did. I mean, yeah, I don't know. no, just, yeah, no that's I, like I, Vision's like the only one that doesn't come back. And I was like, oh well, yeah. yeah. I had to. I told David this when we were walking out. I'm like, I had the odd experience. This is and this is very much like a sign of the times that we live in when Black Widow and Hawkeye are having their whole like fight over which one gets to sacrifice themselves. And I'm like, yeah, but. Black Widow has a movie coming out, but Hawkeye has a Disney Plus show coming out. I don't know which one is going to die. <laughs> totally. Well, that was a genuine surprise, which I really liked. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, there was the thought that maybe she could come. I mean, they really tried to up the stakes like she wasn't going to come back. But I was always like, well, maybe they'll find a way. But then yeah. it didn't happen. I'm still, not to get too off track, surprised like Gamora is pretty much just dead. Well, but so she's time displaced. Yeah, we have alternate not fallen in love with Peter Quill yet, Gamora. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. It would probably not be too hard if they want. I mean, probably in the third Guardians movie, they're going to be looking for her for, you know, at least the first six minutes based on what they did with the second one and Quill's dad. (laughs) They could either spend the movie, like, trying to, like, reacquaint with her, or they could do some, like, few- they could give her her memories from- mm-hmm. Yes. You know. They- Someone on the internet told me that in that last scene with Thor and, and the Guardians, that before Thor comes in on the screen that, that Peter Quill is working on, it's the computer is, like, searching for Gamora. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I just saw it again. Yeah, so yeah. that's clearly clearly gonna- be part of Guardians 3. I and think. again, I should, sure. I should just point out that as of yet, Lauren has not seen all the Marvel movies, but she does like the Guardian of the Galaxies movies. So now mm-hmm. the third one is probably going to be a little confusing when it's like, wait, there is. Well, but again, it's essentially as a story point, it's basically she has amnesia. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, I mean, it'll come down to how they, how in that film mm-hmm. they they explain that if if they explain like if they don't explain it at all then it's probably going to be super confusing Mm -hmm. if they throw in a couple of lines of dialogue depending on what they say it it might be easy enough for her to just kind of roll with it and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's i guess a new cinema world we're living in where all these major changes happen to a bunch of different franchises and they kind of just expect you to have watched them all. Yeah, keep up or yeah. keep your comments to yourself, mm. I guess. <laughs> well, I think that they're better movies for it. Like, if this movie was trying to catch you up for everything, it would have been like nine hours long. And I like that it's like, if you don't know who Korg is, then go see that movie. Like, I think you get so much more out of it because of it's that. a It's yeah. a little bit, it's not unlike the shift in, in the comics themselves from every issue is somebody's first to... right fuck with that we're just going to tell a serialized story and leave mm-hmm. it to people to look up on the internet what happened before if they're confused true mm-hmm. i just argue that they could have done like not catching everyone up in endgame i'm on board with but now you got to catch everyone up on all these other franchises and i feel like with these big crossover movies don't have to make all these major changes to all these other franchises but choose to Mark, how do you feel about the fact that from mm-hmm. now on the cinematic Spider-Man is a Spider-Man who's like five years off of of like mm-hmm. pop culture and world history and whatnot? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, to be honest, not, I mean, not to get into like the nitpick parade, but like that was kind of one of the things that really threw me going through that ending. I mean, we had all these, I felt, I felt pretty satisfying character moments, but then like, you know, you have like Peter and, well, I, I guess I can't call him Ganky. He's Ned Leeds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I'm like, so wait a second. Like, did everyone in this school get dusted? Because like, you know, that's going to show up yeah. in the next Spider-Man. Like to me, like I, I like literally started like trying to like work the mechanics out in my head. And I was like, I mean, not for nothing. I was also like, ah, whatever. I'll worry about it later. <laughs> but yeah. but in reality, it's like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Like, like, cause it's like, you know, they're like acknowledging each other. I'm like, so wait, did they either all get dusted or did only he get dusted and they're welcoming back? But wait, they're, they should be five years older. Does not, none of this makes sense yeah. to me. Um, so like, would the school have room for him? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, is, the, is the school even still open? Did they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Half the schools would have been closed. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it's a huge stretch to say that Peter and his, his supporting cast like Mary Jane and Flash Thompson and Genki <laughs> all got snapped and everyone else it doesn't really matter like you'd be like okay four characters all got snapped like and as Aunt May doesn't even need to get snapped really anyone who's not a teenager it's not yeah. it's a big deal but it's not that big a deal well what's interesting is I also thought about how they're going to like in I bet you would think in these future Marvel movies they're going to do pop culture references and how none of them will make sense anymore because their entire culture will be different than ours because of this like I have uh two quick sidebars for you Mark. Uh did we know in Spider-Man Homecoming that he was Ned Leeds? Yeah, they I think they established that at some point. Okay, yeah. I totally yeah. missed that he like I knew obviously his name was Ned, but I totally missed that he was Ned Leeds. Yeah, um, I knew that. Yeah, I, until like I saw stuff for Far From Home. I'm like, wait, that's Ned Leeds? He's going to get killed in that crossover with Wolverine? <laughs> and then um, how did you feel about the the one little bit of like, here's what pop culture is like five years later with half the population gone, being that the Mets were a bunch of quitters? <laughs> Wow, that's where you—that's where you're gonna go with me. <laughs> we bring you on to talk Spider-Man and make fun of your baseball team. <laughs> I don't know, but all I know is we got to see City Field in this movie, so you know, that's I, true. You know, historic City Field, home of. Yeah. <laughs> home of three world series games <laughs> but you feel like you feel like someone involved there has to be a mets fan for them to do because you know i feel like the default would be like let's show yankee stadium because everyone loves the yankees <laughs> um so i feel like it would have it would have taken a mets fan to be like no we're gonna show the empty city field <laughs> <laughs> because we're we're a team of gumption even though our team quits <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in reality, they just wanted to, like, make up for the fact that the Mets usually quit in June. So just saying, let's just quit (laughs) for the next five years. (laughs) So so baseball, Major League Baseball is cut in half. So I guess they had to go AL or NL then. Which rules do you think? (laughs) This is a DH only universe now. Did did Thanos' snap settle the DH, non-DH controversy (laughs) once and for all? Ryan's loving this conversation. <laughs> I really liked when Valkyrie was on a winged horse. I also I liked that. That was, cool. that was very cool. I was genuinely. I was surprised by how much I liked that. I was like, I don't know why I liked this so much, but I was like, whoa. That was one of those where, like, I was like, I'm not a super spoiler phobe. Um, I mean, if I had to go like Mark did for a week without seeing it, I probably would have gone full dark. But uh, 
at the same time, like I'm not super freaked out about spoilers, but I also don't like seek them out. And so I was Mm -hmm. generally unaware of like a lot of the ancillary cast and stuff. So like I was pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. by a lot of the people that showed up, like having Valkyrie in it. Like I just figured they were going to have her and there she was. Yeah. um, bringing back Robert Redford for his cameo in the yeah. in that timeline and and uh, and Crossbones and all that was was a nice touch. I wish that there were more movies where you see basically jack shit. Like I was watching the movie again today and the whole big ending thing. I was like, I you didn't see any of this before the movie came out. I loved that. <laughs> oh, like in trailers and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, we got Jarvis, man, from the TV uh, that, show. He's the only right? TV character to come to the movies. I carry a, a torch hard for that Agent Carter show. I was super stoked when they had TV Jarvis show up as Howard Stark's butler. Yeah, no, it was it was a nice little nod. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Is he Howard Stark's butler on the show? I don't know. That was yeah, like he, the one yeah, thing. Yeah, he is. Get. The idea is that like Howard gives Agent Carter Jarvis to like help her with her clandestine secret agent stuff mm. and he was like he was like the second lead on that show and it was oh yeah it was uh it's like him and agent carter it's agent carter and him and busting heads and stuff and so that right. was like oh someone remembers that that show existed and got that actor back for a little cameo <laughs> but yeah i thought it was completely satisfying that steve got to go bang Penny. <laughs> <laughs> That, to me, I was like, I'm not going to care about the... I mean, I was like, does this time travel add up? And I have decided, at least for myself, that it does. And therefore, I like the movie. So, Hawkeye, do we care about it? (laughs) (laughs) He had an arc, I guess. He became super violent, and that was a thing. But then they're like, hey, we need you. He's like, all right. (laughs) And then he doesn't die. So, you know, that happens. Yeah, the whole, like, getting the band back together part of the movie, I was, you know, that's not, I don't want to rewatch that 50 times, like. I will say the, go ahead, David. No, I was just going to say, it is, we're not as focused as, I don't know, whatever, but I was thinking. (laughs) At all. Yeah, we're not focused at all. (laughs) But just you saying, like, getting the band back together. I was, when I was watching it even, and I'm not even, this isn't a criticism, I was struck by just how little action there was for yeah. The vast majority of the movie. Yep. Well, and again, Infinity War was like... Yeah, nonsense. These guys fight, and then these guys show up, and these guys fight, and then mm-hmm. there's a misunderstanding, and they fight. <laughs> You're just like, you must work for Thanos. Let's fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think they work kind of as... If you're going to call them one big movie, I think it kind of works, because it's like, all right, there, we gave you everything you wanted, so <laughs> yeah. now we're going yeah, like, to do some character shit. I guess you could hours. argue with some pacing if you put them just together, where it's like all action, then no action, but... And yeah, then tons well, of action right at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know... It's it's actually a lot like the two Kill Bill movies. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But then again, yeah. Yeah. I think structurally, they're almost... <laughs> yeah, I know. That's interesting. Yeah, that it's very just all action and then no action. Yeah. yeah. Makes you wonder. Uh, I did think the beginning with Hawkeye was a pretty emotional and effective way to sort of remind audiences of what happened with the snap and then just Mm -hmm. to show, you know, here's this character that we didn't see in the last one. We're reintroducing him here and just what that experience must've been like for everybody that wasn't in Wakanda fighting against Thanos. The moment that he snapped his fingers to the point where it's just like you turn around and your entire family is gone. Do you think that he went and still made himself some hot dogs? (laughs) 
What? I mean, she already made the hot dogs. He's like, well, I gotta eat. You think he was like, I'm not gonna let these go to waste. With mayo or mustard, though? I mean, that's the question. It's ketchup. ketchup. Mustard. Ketchup on a hot dog, you're a monster, right? Yeah, David? (laughs) It is fine. I'm just... Uh, On a scale from one to Uh ten, ten being... Most surprised, one being least surprised. Uh-huh. How surprised are you that me, that for me during that scene, what I was doing was calculating the odds that his entire family would be dusted? Uh, what's the one, what number do I do for not surprised at all? <laughs> one. <laughs> Negative a million. Because <laughs> yeah. I think he had three, did he have three family members? Just yeah. The, the perfect family of... Uh, uh, no, he had five. I think he had three. I think he has three kids. Yeah, three kids and a wife. Because he had because oh, he had two kids. kids in Age of Ultron, and his wife was pregnant. So there was there. So, yeah. So it's a uh, yeah six percent chance. Well, that's what else I would have liked it if only <laughs> one of his kids survived, and it was single dad Hawkeye. Yeah, no, <laughs> like they go. He's not killing Japanese people. He's like at home, like eat your dinner. <laughs> I know that our whole family was dusted. Eat your dinner. I'm saying it could have been interesting if he had to, and not be a single dad like the way you're saying, but that he still had someone mm-hmm. to care for and had to like yeah. protect them. But, but that, I guess that'd be if was more focused on Hawkeye. Who wants that David anyway. your flaw in logic there is that you believe that there's a way that Hawkeye can be <laughs> give him give him pizza dog come on exactly <laughs> they literally could have just never showed him and no one would have even brought it up <laughs> uh, so now we got fat Thor what do we think of fat Thor well I'm down with fat Thor <laughs> I mean, it make it gives me confidence that I could be a superhero someday. <laughs> well, it is like one of those you always assumed that like Thor's body was just his natural body because he's like a Asgardian, uh-huh. and uh, I'm like, apparently he had to be like doing like stomach crunches every morning, and then... <laughs> or like exercising at all. I yeah. mean, uh, because I read some article by some nerd on the internet mm-hmm. about how hurt their feelings were by the fat jokes. <laughs> it was like a lot of fat people see these movies. Um, but I think also rather than Fat Thor, maybe we could call him Severe Alcoholic Shut-In. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was clearly like, dealing with some PTSD symptoms there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it worked. And I think Chris Hemsworth, I think it's interesting that Marvel Universe Thor is basically like, okay, Thor sucks as a character. So how do we make this character someone people give a shit about? And so they've really gone off the rails with him in yeah. all these weird ways. Yeah, that's been interesting. I really, I did really like the scene with his mom, with Rene Russo. Like, it was almost worth sitting through Dark World just uh-huh. just to get that scene with Rene Russo <laughs> where she, like, kind of helps him come to terms with things and gives him the whole lesson about how we shouldn't be, I forget exactly how it goes, like, we shouldn't be who we're expected to be, we should be who we are, or something like that. I just saw this movie for a second time, and that was when I chose to get up and piss and walk around for a few minutes. <laughs> it was a long movie. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see Thor and his mom again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mark, any other additional thoughts on Fat Thor? No, I mean it, yeah. it's it. You know, it's it's funny. Like I have enjoyed the kind of the the character turn from Thor since since Ragnarok, but like there were definitely some moments in this one where I just felt like they kind of leaned too much into the funny with Thor. I mean, like he's still, he's still the freaking God of thunder. Like, can we, you know, give him a little more gravitas than that? I mean, and I feel like towards the end in the battle with Thanos, they, they did, but 
you know, there was, mm-hmm. it, it seemed a little too silly sometimes. Like some of the jokes just didn't land as much in the context of, you know, Endgame, you know, like where if it was maybe Thor 3, I would have been okay with it. I don't know if, if I'm being like too nitpicky with no, that. No, no, I totally, yeah. I get what you mean, Mark. I think like when I said earlier that in the middle there, I felt like they leaned into the jokes a little bit too much. Mm. I think most of that was probably with Fat Thor and rocket and just like once they're on the mission and kind of I was I was ready for them to sort of let's dial back the funny side of fat Thor and just deal with like they're on a mission now. I liked that they stuck with it since everyone asked me <laughs> uh, and that uh, like he doesn't not become fat Thor anymore at any point and that um, he would be pretty fucked up after everything that happened like Asgard went to shit like most Asgardians were killed anyway and then the half that remain like it makes sense that this guy was and he they made a big point in the last one that he fucked up and didn't kill Thanos like he had yeah, his chance yeah. and he blew it and so it made sense that he would really um he felt fucked up like he was just not coping well yeah I did like that at the end when he was like fighting Thanos and all that like he was still fat Thor like, it wasn't like, yeah, I've got yeah. my mojo back and I've reclaimed my hammer and now I am physically in shape again that he was still like overweight right. and it didn't mm-hmm. just like melt off with like lightning or something like that. Right. And that he was, it wasn't like he was like, oh, I'm so fat and like farting at the end. It's like, <laughs> he still kicked ass. He was still the God of Thunder. They didn't play it for jokes at that point. He, he was very capable. You know, he just was fucked up emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. But I like too that his lightning can braid his beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I think that leaves us with uh, Iron Man, Mr. Tony Stark himself. Do we have any opinions on his arc? Although, well, you can go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I f- I'm excited to hear what you didn't like about it, David. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say I didn't like it, but I was saying an arc, but at the same time, when you think about it, I don't know how much he's changed since avengers basically because he was willing to sacrifice himself then too that's all i was thinking yeah like i Mm -hmm. i saw somebody talking about it might have been one of the writers talking about how um through they that they sort of saw um tony and steve coming towards each other over the course of the films that yeah. that like Steve learned to be a little bit more selfish like Tony and that was why they had him kind of go off with Peggy at the end and then Steve learned to be more selfless and he learned to be the guy that would throw himself down on the wire so that somebody else could crawl over him so to speak but to your point David mm-hmm. like I remember reading that and thinking like yeah but that is that the lesson that he learned at the end of Avengers when he literally like sacrificed himself to throw the nuke through space and thought he was going to die and obviously he didn't Mm -hmm. but he was prepared to at that point in time so i don't know but after avengers 2 he's like there's this big shit going on there's this big threat from space like ultron's all about how he fucks up in this misguided attempt you know it's really to defend the world what's uh it's funny you bring that up ryan so the weekend that Endgame came out, of course, every cable channel in existence that had the rights to air any Marvel movie was airing it that yeah, weekend. Yeah, I know. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I at one yeah. point I was flipping between like six different Marvel movies just on cable, and uh, one of them was yeah. a- was Age of Ultron. And after like Ultron mm-hmm. first wakes up and breaks out at the party, and then they all kind of figure out what Tony did, and they're giving him crap about it. At one point, he has a line where he like points up at the sky and he's like, "That up there, that's Endgame." I was like, 
Yes, mm-hmm. it is Endgame. That's the name of your last it movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? I watched, I rewatched uh, Infinity War, and I didn't notice it before, but when Doctor Strange, he goes, we're in the end game and he looks right at the camera and he's making finger quotes <laughs> i didn't notice it 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 was so it seemed so casual it seemed so natural the first time i saw it but now i realize yeah um i felt like in hindsight i shouldn't have been surprised at all that tony died in the end like it just it seemed like such a culmination of like oh this whole thing started with him this is like the end of the original avengers and that sort of Mm -hmm. not i mean it's not technically the end of phase three that's spider-man far from home but uh the uh just this this whole narrative you know it started with tony it ends with tony it begins with the birth of iron man it ends with the death of iron man i mean as Dave, you know, Dave and I have talked about, sometimes these narrative conventions are expected in cliche for a reason because they just they work so well. And I was like, yeah, duh, of course, Tony was going to die at the end. Why did I not? Why did I let myself get talked into thinking otherwise by all the people that are like, well, it's super easy for Robert Downey Jr. to be Iron Man. He just shows up and gets like filmed in the face for a while and then they can CG right. Iron Man and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Why would he give up his meal ticket? And then I watched it. And I'm like, yeah, no, he he, he should have died. That totally made sense. I would have been more surprised if he'd lived, honestly. Yeah. Like, after Tony's funeral, I was like, oh, shit, Captain America's still alive? Like, huh. And then <laughs> he went back, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. Because bo- those two dudes, I was just like, those guys yeah. are done. Yeah, it, it was just the only reason I thought he Tony Stark might live was all based on commercial reasons and no narrative reasons. It was just like... He's a big money maker for them, I think, more than Captain America is, and they probably, you know, he's probably a good face for Marvel, and so I don't know if they want to give that up. But like narratively, it all made sense for him to die. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I was mildly surprised. I mean, I don't want to come across as the naive one here, but like, I guess, mm. I guess for me, with when when they were kind of setting up the convention of the story, I was thinking, oh, you know, Tony's big sacrifice. I thought it was going to be losing the daughter somehow not necessarily that she would die but like with with the whole time travel i was like oh well, they, if they have to go back to before the snap that means the daughter never happened and maybe that's going to be yeah, what right. he has to give up to make this happen and and that will be his sacrifice not necessarily his life you know what i mean but then they when they were made it very abundantly clear that Oh no no! This is going to be like still in the present day. I was like, oh okay, no, he's going to die. But like, I, I think for a while I was like, oh okay, so that's going to be the big move, the big moment for him. And it just, you know, so I guess I, I could, you know, on the surprise scale, I'm like a three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it would have been cool if when they were like, okay, well, I'm going here and back in time, and I'm going here, and Tony Stark's like, I'm going to take my daughter to Vorbis. <laughs> <laughs> she would want to check it out. I also thought it was weird that, like, apparently the only thing the Infinity Gauntlet does is you can snap your fingers and kill a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That or bring them becomes... back. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. And it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also. I'd also sure. read that uh, apparently when Tony takes the gauntlet at the end and then does his snap. When they first shot the scene, they did it without, there was no dialogue at all. 
Right. And then yeah. somewhere online, someone was like, no, this is Tony Stark. He's quippy. He's, you know, he'd get the last word in. And then that's when somebody came up with the idea of having him say, I am Iron Man. And it's just, yeah. well, it was like, it was like the editor. Yeah. Or and it's just, yeah. it's such a perfect, that's such a perfect final line for him to say to Thanos at that point that I'm like, holy crap, they had to like come up with that on the fly. Thanks to an editor. Like Jesus. Man. <laughs> he should have been like, suck. My <laughs> <laughs> Back in black. Um, <laughs> what if he was like he was like two snaps and a twist? <laughs> um, another thing was I thought like one of the probably the biggest issues with a lot of these Marvel movies have been villains that aren't great. Mm-hmm. And then and uh, Infinity War is to- is basically Thanos's movie, which I thought really worked. Yeah. It made him really interesting. And then in this movie. It, it was really weird, the choices they made with Thanos, which I think was to have the focus be the characters of the Avengers again, which I do think worked. But it's like basically he dies after the shit happens and then they fight a time displaced Thanos and he's like, my nuanced motivation is gone. Now I just want to destroy the universe. Yeah, and it just gets a little mustache. He's very me. conventionally evil in this movie, which is disappointing. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. But also that Thanos got to die knowing he'd succeeded. So it's kind of – it's a different Thanos. Like it's not the Thanos we know who's the villain of this. So Mm -hmm. it kind of works. All right. Well, one thing we haven't talked about yet in this movie is all the barriers it's breaking. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think it should be pointed out that this is the first Marvel movie with an openly gay character. Oh, yeah. Now, how has this changed your life and perspective on the world, Brian? Well, I hated gay people. There was a gay guy in the meeting, the 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 support group, who's actually the director of the movie. Yeah, one of the directors of the movie. And then I realized that gay people are people, (laughs) and I wouldn't have realized that. It's. It's perfectly fine, obviously, to have a gay person <laughs> in the uh, therapy session. Marvel touting it as anything is pretty disappointing. I'll put it that way. Have they been, I, I totally missed that. Have they seriously been touting that? The director said it was Marvel is all about inclusivity. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw the quote it? from the director. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah. I thought, like, maybe more of the, like, Marvel media machine was. Yeah, maybe. Sure, I don't you know. You sure they, they weren't talking new... about, like, making up with Jim Starlin for, like, the 900th time in that scene? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Jim Starlin was in that group therapy session, too. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen? There's the new post-spoiler trailer, and it's just the support group with the gay guy. Guy. That's the yeah. <laughs> and then it just says inclusivity. <laughs> I think honestly that it's really cool to. I think that there's something about inclusivity to be like a gay superhero and like really making that a thing, but also like casual homosexuality in movies. Yeah. I think is good. I support it. I'm not gonna. No, no, I'm not, I'm gonna not, I'm not criti- No, I'm not criticizing it in that. It's just any sort of. Self-congratulation on it, mm-hmm. especially when you have zero other gay characters in all your movies. It's not worth patting yourself on the back over. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's where, like, 
when it when they first what so when I first saw the movie and they have that scene and he's like talks about going on this date and then he mentions the guy I'm like oh that's kind of cool just like a little bit of casual homosexuality like it's not a big deal it's not a plot point we're not drawing attention to it it's just like yeah people go on yeah, dates it's like Sometimes when me and Austin are at work a little casual homosexuality <laughs> homosexuality exactly it just it's great um and then but then when it was pointed out to me that that was literally the first gay character in a Marvel movie. I was like, wait, that's ridiculous. Well, it's a bunch of 70 year old characters, you know, like Oh, I know. uh, That's that's the problem, but yeah, but there's salute. There are other solutions to it. Yeah, Captain Marvel should have been gay, or well, could still be. She's, she's on her way. Uh, <laughs> I know you're right. She was a weird element of this movie, where it was like that's about as much as I thought she was utilized well, and there was a logic to it. And given how much time we spent with these other characters, she's probably in it about the right amount. But it was also just like she just kept showing up. It was weird. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Although there is yeah, a bit it, of uh, she's like, I have to go to all these other planets because they don't have the Avengers. And I'm like, these planets got to start stepping up their game. Why does Earth have to like Fuck these create planets. all the heroes? You know, I mean, guys, one of those Avengers is Hawkeye. You, you're telling <laughs> me that like other planets don't have someone on the level of Hawkeye. Well, exactly. I read an article on the Internet that all the people on the planets she goes to are gay. And so <laughs> although it's a good representational thing, the fact that they always need to be saved by Captain Marvel is it's fucked up, so I'm going to boycott Marvel movies now. <laughs> I also read, I didn't realize this, that uh, all the Captain Marvel stuff in this movie was filmed before her movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's so, like, this is the first time she ever, like, that she was playing the character and had, like, no idea what any of this nonsense meant. Some of the filming of this movie sounds like a nightmare, actually. When you oh, right. I think right. that there's so much shit patched together, though. Like, I think so many people, like, Shuri, I think, was like, I don't know, man. I went to set for nine days. I fought a bunch of guys in green jumpsuits, and I saw the movie, and apparently I'm doing all this shit with all these other, like... I think yeah. so many people were never at there at the same time or in scenes together and stuff. Oh, I know. And I just don't know if they make a lot of money. So who am I to say? You wonder if that's the best way to make movies. But that's like, right. Yeah, I think right. it has so many name actors. I think the only way to get yeah. away with it is to get a bunch of no name actors. Yeah. And I thought it worked like the big conflict well, at the it... end was fucking awesome. Yeah, you don't notice it really when you're watching it, so they they do a good job of hiding that fact. And what I really wanted more than anything was one more big generic army. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, you know what, this movie, the Avengers movies are actually the story of these giant space worms that just keep (laughs) causing trouble. They should call it the space war, uh, it's called like the Infinity Saga, it should be called the Space Worm Saga. (laughs) Well, what was re- what's what's kind of interesting about the way that they did the climax by having the the alternate dimension Thanos cross over and like be the guy that they're fighting is that then like all of his henchmen got to come back and so it was like for the first time it wasn't just faceless goons it was like uh-huh. oh yeah it's that you know the creepy guy the creepy telekinetic guy and all the, those boring guys that I didn't care about all for those, the last yeah. movie are back. Except, but at least I recognized them this time. It was like, hey, it's not just generic dog alien things that they're yeah, fighting. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, now we have cave trolls from Lord of the Rings, too, as part of our army. To go with the space <laughs> worms. The thing I do want to see that they must have happened 
but we didn't see was I want to see Captain America return the Soul Stone and be like, it's the fucking Red Skull. Right? <laughs> well, there's a lot I want to see. That's the movie I want to see is Captain America returning all the stones <laughs> and like having to like re-inject Natalie Portman <laughs> yes. with the man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, also, like, how do you return the Soul Stone? Like, what do you... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just hand it back. Here you go. <laughs> no, it's, it's... I saw someone online that was like, Captain America walks up to Red Skull's like, I need to give this back. Oh, no one's ever done that before. Uh, I guess I guess you have to do the opposite of sacrifice someone you, you love. You have to have sex with the Red Skull. Wait, so I need, I need to save save someone i hate <laughs> no that would be the uh that there's your gay uh <laughs> it's like the only way to return the stone is to through me <laughs> well that's where like i also want to see captain america putting back the stones just so that we can see how he manages to get them all back at exactly the right time, despite the fact that when they took them all, they were unable to do so yeah. without fucking things yeah, up. Yeah, I know. To the point where, like, it was it was through no fault of their own. It was just like, you know, they didn't know Hulk was going to open that door yeah. at that point in time, and mm-hmm. then it screwed up their whole plan. And yeah. well, it all worked out. It was fine. <laughs> I guess. Well, you know. Uh, do you want to talk about Nebula? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Nebula? <laughs> I was just I was just surprised like she she was kind, you know. They really did a good job of of uh, uh yeah. developing her character I guess over the course of the movie and yeah. making her into someone that I gave mm-hmm. two shits about in a way that I didn't before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, that's all. One of my favorite little details from this movie is like how Nebula has to like switch out her head plate to be in disguise. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, wait a minute, Nebula had a gold head plate, now it's blue. She's her alternate timeline evil version. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's just one of those where it's like I never would have imagined that they would make me care about Nebula. Um, but I did. And it was also, I thought, a nice uh, hat tip back to the original Infinity Gauntlet where Nebula played a significant role in defeating Thanos at the end. Yeah, very different role, though. Yeah, a very different role and a very different Nebula. Mm-hmm. Her relationship was a lot different and stuff. But. Yeah, but that opening where she's playing paper football with uh, Tony, there was just so much to it. That was the thing where I was like, oh, this character is really well done and well performed. Yeah, like I know there's been a lot of times where, where people have complained about like, you, you know, you get Karen Gillum and you put her in all of this like blue makeup and you know, prosthetics and stuff and barrier under all of this. But then you watch this movie and you're like, well, there's a reason that they hired her to play the part and she did a good job. Who is she? Is she Dr. Dr. Who? (laughs) She was one of the more notable companions of the relaunched Dr. Who. Okay. All right. Not Dr. Not Dr. Who itself, but one of the companions. Okay. And I have never watched a minute of Doctor Who in my life, so if any Doctor Who fans want to correct me on on how I, I laid all that out, I'm welcome. <laughs> I'm welcome to it. And they will. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Should I be a curmudgeon again? Uh, Always. That's yeah. <laughs> it's been like 15 minutes. What do you got, David? <laughs> this wasn't my main complaint from the movie, but I have to say, and this, and I'm kind of saddened by this. That the Avengers Assemble line did not land for me. Uh, they were already assembled. Like, like, it's not vision. really a... <laughs> <laughs> it's a battle no, cry. It was, like, 
it wasn't, it's not a good battle cry. It's a good, like, pre-battle cry to get everyone together. But they're already together. You don't assemble. They needed to go forward and charge. Well, David, it sounds to me like your real problem is with (laughs) Avengers Assemble being the Avengers battle cry (laughs) as it was first introduced in, like, issue 12 of the Avengers (laughs) in 1964. Because that's all, it's never, like... Gather round, everyone. It's always, we're here. Let's charge into battle. (laughs) Avengers Assemble means. It's an alliteration. I thought, too, that was another one where they totally earned it. It was like they kept not saying it. And, like, that was a thing where, like, at the end of Age of Ultron, right, where he's about to say it. And you're like, ooh. And, uh, you know, that that was when they did so many things where you're like, oh, they totally knew to wait till this point. Like, uh, Cap with Thor's hammer was totally like they earned that like they alluded to it and they yeah. led up to it mm-hmm. and they got us to this point really organically yeah no the the Avengers Assemble was probably my single favorite moment from the movie <laughs> and it was one of those where like all throughout like the other Avengers movies like they came right up to the line and then didn't say it and I'm like and it just became this case of like why haven't you said it yet? What could you possibly be saving it for? Yeah. What could be like a bigger moment than this? And then when they finally did it, I'm like, that's what they were saving it for. And it totally was worth it because this is fantastic. Totally. Speaking of controversies on the internet and people being curmudgeons, what did you think of the uh, all women battle moment? Oh, yeah. I thought that might be where David was going with his <laughs> inclusivity. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, I didn't mind it. It did seem a bit inorganic. Yeah, but yeah. I mean... It is like, what it is. <laughs> like, how did any of those women even know each yeah, other? Yeah, I know. And how'd they all end up? Because it's a big battle, and so you get the fog of war stuff, and, like, you yeah. wouldn't know. And, but yet, somehow, they all just end up together. But overall, you know, I mean, sure. I, d- I did find yeah. it weird how, like, the Wasp was supposedly with Ant-Man in the van, and all of a sudden, you know, she, like, knew her cue is to show up and be with all the other <laughs> yeah. women in that one right. scene. I mean, it was kind of uncanny how that happened, but... <laughs> <laughs> She got the estrogen signal. <laughs> <laughs> My estrogen sense is tingling. I mean, estrogen I feel assemble. Like, I feel, estrogen assemble. I feel like so much of this movie is just like suspending disbelief for the sake of seeing something cool. Yes. So yeah. they could have done something yeah. to set it up or contextualize it more, but it was such a cool visual and moment that I was just, I'm like fine with it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. It's not a criticism. I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, and my 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 old. If I was to have a criticism of it, it would only be like that was great and that was fun. But Marvel, let's try not to like hurt ourselves, patting yourself on the back. Like sure. you didn't really earn that moment. Like mm-hmm. I'm glad you put it in there, and it was a lot of fun. And yes, you've made some great strides in that area in terms of you know creating interesting three dimensional female characters. But you've got a work le- a lot of work left to do. Let's not pretend like you've like finished the job and that's yeah. the culmination of that. I feel like they've earned it by establishing all these characters though. That like there's a lot of interesting pairings and uh, team ups of characters throughout these movies because even like the Hulk and the Ancient One having a whole exchange was like surprisingly interesting. To to me mm-hmm. so if they're just gonna go okay we've got about 12 strong women characters let's have them all kick some ass together like i i would rather they did do it than they didn't you know yeah. oh absolutely yeah. totally it, it, it also, but, it yeah. also kind of felt to me like a little bit of a middle finger to dc i mean not not to get into the whole marvel <laughs> versus dc thing but it's like <laughs> but it's, you know like i mean obviously like i feel like dc's kind of like patted itself on the back with the fact like well we have wonder woman and it was the first female movie and it's like you know yes they did beat 
Marvel to that punch. But then, I mean, Marvel does has cinematically created and in its comic created this very rich universe of female characters. So I think kind of putting them all together, it kind of felt like, oh, well, you know, fine. We didn't have the first solo movie, but look at what we have, you know, even if it didn't yeah. feel organic right. uh, in, in terms of the, the flow of the movie. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I guess you could note that any scene that involves a whole bunch of men coming together and fighting, we just right. consider a battle scene. Yeah, we wouldn't even think right. about it. Right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's called a movie. Yeah. <laughs> my my thing, though, is that um, I'm sexually attracted to women and they don't want to have sex with me. So I felt like it was just a bunch of social justice warrior pandering. Yeah. <laughs> These are my like- characters and my <laughs> movies, and I don't want to see a bunch of women doing anything. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of social justice warrior pandering in this movie about warriors fighting yeah. for social justice. I really liked, too, the shot where Thanos headbutts Captain Marvel, and she's, like, not affected by it. There was something that was a really <laughs> cool moment. Yeah, her power level seems to vary every once in a while. Well, she's yeah. been in space for 20 years, so I'm willing mm-hmm. to say, like, okay, she's been honing her craft for a long time. <laughs> no, yeah, it's I, fine. It's, no, no. I read a, uh, I read a film critic that uh, was talking about the... He may have even written this before Endgame came mm-hmm. out. I read it after I saw the movie, but he may have written it before Endgame came out, just talking about, like, the MCU and, and the notion of, like, power disparity mm-hmm. and how like some characters like in some movies they have a hard time dealing with this person mm-hmm. but then in the next movie they can handle this like supremely more powerful person and go toe to toe with them and this is kind of a problem and how much of a problem is it going to be in Endgame and blah blah and the whole time I read I'm just like welcome to comics yeah, buddy yeah. <laughs> well that's it's, true because well I remember I saw an article after Captain Marvel that was like is Captain Marvel too powerful and I watched the movie and I'm like she didn't seem any more powerful than Thor. No one asked about I that. I don't know, so. man. I think that they, they never call her Captain Marvel in the first movie, and I think her name should actually be Spaceship Ruiner. I know. Well, that's <laughs> just it. She's, she has the uncanny ability to destroy all these spaceships, yet then she has trouble with the individual people. And I'm like, yeah. should the spaceships be more powerful than the people inside them? You and- would think. I don't know. Yeah, that was a weird. <laughs> it was weird. The spaceship was actually the friends we made along the way. <laughs> And can we talk about how cool it was when Cap had Thor's hammer? That was fucking cool, man. (laughs) Yeah, I almost, the only thing that stopped me from, like, yelling out, fuck yeah, in the theater was the disapproving look from David I could see in my mind's (laughs) eye. Fucking curmudgeon. I'm so glad I didn't see this movie with David. (laughs) Austin, what, what things did I do in this movie that hindered your ability to enjoy it when you were one row behind me and could not even see me? I don't have to say, like, I knew that if I, like, reacted audibly to something that you would, I, I could imagine the, like, head shake that you would have given to that. Because we've laughed at people that have done that in movies before. <laughs> like that guy in Infinity War that, like, every time they would mention the Black Panther or Wakanda, he's like, oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> I know that reference. <laughs> exactly. That was, we had a guy in, the, in our showing who was basically like, I know who they're talking about every time they'd go somewhere. So I didn't I didn't want to be that guy for you, David. <laughs> it was funny seeing this movie a second time, too. And I think a lot of people in the theater were seeing it a second time. Um, you really notice how there's a lot of um, pauses for applause and shit like this movie is really meant to be seen uh, for the first time in a crowded theater. Like when the first time I saw it, the amount of people there were like, ah! 
like including <laughs> myself there's so many big payoff moments and to see it in like a quiet audience and you're like why is the black panther taking so long to walk out of that portal and you're like oh because we're all <laughs> clapping and cheering right now yeah <laughs> how what was your screening like marco we no, it was the same although I, I i will admit i had a with the cap and the hammer moment i i had a moment where i i felt like the fan who like starts the wave at the at the baseball game like because i i like i went off all in i was like yeah like that and then all of a sudden like everyone behind me is like oh yeah 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 we're all gonna clap because this guy is and i was like that's right i started that that's right <laughs> week later i haven't seen it yet so <laughs> the screening i was just at there was like preemptive cheering like when the hammer starts flying through the air to go to captain america people were like yeah <laughs> oh, i would have been pissed yeah like don't ruin this for me <laughs> I know. why are you excited <laughs> I did have someone sitting next to me at the end when Cap was with Peggy. They just kept saying, who is that? I am so confused right now. And I'm just like, shut up. It's beautiful. And it's making, and it's making and David the mad. Sitting, the person sitting next to them was like, that's Captain America. He was the first Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> now that he quit, he can't pick up the hammer anymore. Oh, uh, you're totally right, David. He totally couldn't get that hammer again. I would have liked it if instead of uh, going in the house and seeing them dancing, it was just the door and it said, if this house is a rockin', don't come a knockin'. <laughs> or if the song, instead of being the uh, the song from the 40s, it was like, good love and bada rockin', making love all night long. If, if Cap puts his shield on the door, that means don't come in. <laughs> Oh, wait, I have a question. So when he goes yeah. back in town, time, I forgot to check this. Did he take his shield with him? No one knows. Uh, no. I don't think so, because his shield was busted at that point. Right, well, because it's feasible to me that, like, Black Panther fixed it or something with vibranium. But yeah. if he, if that didn't happen, then I don't know how he gives the shield to him, because it would be the same yeah, shield. So I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that he... When he goes back, he has Thor's hammer and he has the briefcase with the stones okay, in it. Okay, but not the shield. And that's but not the shield. And so then that's the question of like, where did old Cap come from, and how does he have this shield? Yeah. Is it the, you know, did he did he like chisel it out of the frozen Captain America that was in his timeline that he went? I, back to? I heard he pulled it out of Peggy Carter's <laughs> vagina. <laughs> how big is her vagina? <laughs> Uh, you have to wait until a prequel to find out. Yeah. And I, I'm curious what's gonna, like, if we're gonna get a movie or if they're gonna change the Falcon and Bucky series to a Captain America series or how that's gonna pan out. Yeah. I'm assuming that, uh, the, like, Falcon Winter Soldier is, we're gonna find out it's a working title. Yeah. It's gonna be something else. We'll see. That'll be. I'm pretty interested in where they go with that. If they do start branching off into these series, I don't think I'll keep up the way I have because, like, that's sort of where I draw the line is like a TV series. Yeah, then you could be one of those people that like picks up a movie and are like, "Wait, what the hell happened? Why is this character like this?" And yeah, well, and if that happens, I'll be like, "Well, I was on board for 22 movies. I can see this being kind of a stopping point. Like, I won't feel as much like I have to see all of them. Maybe. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, I think." A lot of my criticisms would be lessened if this was the final Marvel movie, but well, it's a good thing it isn't. Then, 
Because <laughs> we got because you like me being a curmudgeon. Because we got six more Hawkeye movies coming, guys. <laughs> so do we think? Yeah, I guess looking into the future, do we think that there's going to be another Avengers movie? Right? Do we we believe it? I feel like there's got to be right. Yeah. I mean, just the the name has so much value attached yeah. to it at this point. I think they'll call it like New Avengers, and I think that I mean, yeah. my big theory is that the Tony Stark role is going to be filled by Black Panther. Because oh, yeah. just look at the numbers, man. That's the biggest solo character they have. It makes sense to me that he'll become the central figure of the next bunch of movies. I could see that because I mean, he could fill a similar role in terms of like he has the resources to pop up in like a random movie. Mm-hmm. He's got technology yep. that he could like outfit people with and that that works as a vehicle to give him cameos into other mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that. And I actually yeah. want them to do that War Machine becomes uh, Iron Man and that uh, Falcons, I want them to do Black Avengers. Black Ven- Blavengers? Uh, <laughs> Blavengers. We'll, we'll workshop that some more. <laughs> well, I did feel like they were grooming Doctor Strange to be the next like Tony Stark, but they could call an audible now that Black Panther is so popular, though, too. I think they need to overhaul Doctor Strange a little bit, too. I think he's the biggest dud of all the characterizations. <laughs> Get him, David. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your mouth. His personality seems very much maybe too close to Tony yep. Stark, and that's a little well. Bit that's of a that's what I was gonna say, David. Is I could see Doctor Strange filling the like Tony Stark personality yeah. role, whereas like Black Panther might fill more of the quote unquote like Iron Man professional maybe. role, mm-hmm. so to speak. I don't know. All I all I want to know is where are the X Men. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be a few years. Do, It'll be were a there few years. two previews in a row for Dark Phoenix at your screenings? No, no we didn't even get one. That was really weird. There was like a preview for Dark Phoenix, and then there was another one right afterwards. And you're like, I already am not going to go see it. Why didn't you show me another one? <laughs> I was gonna say if you if if people want to hear me get mad on the internet, we'll do we'll record an episode for Dark Phoenix, and you can really you can hear me get all David on that movie. That's <laughs> uh, not like I said. I think I like this movie. It's just the ending left such a bad taste in my mouth. It's it's been soured, and so then I think I have to watch it again now, knowing what I know to. See and, how much I like it. And it might take the other movies, too, to see how this all pans out. And the out reason you didn't like the yeah. ending was because Captain America retires? <laughs> uh, and he's not a counselor <laughs> to the people who are time displaced? No, that was more my beef. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't like that part. No, it was the 50% of the people coming back and, like, just the state of the world. And Yeah, that's weird, but it's not like they're... It's the same number of people. It's like, it's not like... Yeah, uh, but all the infrastructure would have already changed in five years when yeah. you don't need these people. And then you got people who have moved on with their lives. And then it's like, oh, hi, honey. honey my I'm new home. wife. Yeah. <laughs> so, David, are you saying it would be better if half the universe was killed and that was it? No, I'm saying this would be like... It's like if Spider-Man went back in time... Spider-Man... <laughs> <laughs> to save Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. and then then he like saves her, but now she's just paralyzed from the neck down. And you're like, well, yeah, this is better than her being dead. That's true. I have I come completely lost in your analogy now. <laughs> <laughs> that they saved the world, but it's paralyzed. Yeah, I mean, it would take some organization, but I think they'll address it, and I think it will be a weird... I mean, it was weird. It definitely, like, that's the weirdest element of this movie, especially yeah. since it seems like the five years was just contingent on uh, 
Ant-Man accidentally getting pulled out of the quantum zone realm or whatever so that could have just happened like six months later like Mm -hmm. but i guess i really think it was because they wanted tony stark to have a kid that whole thing was like the motivating thing yeah yeah and it just it 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 ruins a bit the world outside your door mm -hmm. world outside your window aesthetics of the marvel universe Mm -hmm. and granted like uh, even within the comics i mean there's been so much like sheer catastrophic shit that's happened in the Marvel universe that by all like logical uh, rationales, the Marvel universe is so far removed from the world outside yeah, our window anyway, totally. that it's, that it's kind of a moot point, but you know, they, they do, you know, the, the question that nerds on the internet like to point out, Oh, why doesn't Reed Richards and Tony Stark, you know, we should have flying cars and all this because of their advanced technology. And the answer is because they still want that world to be, as close as possible to our world, but with superheroes in it. Mm-hmm. And this whole, like half the population is five years younger than the rest just blows all that out of the water. Because now we have this whole situation where like half the population's landed in this almost like dystopic future that is wildly different from our reality. Yeah. And then there's also the sheer amount of, collateral damage that would have happened that resulted in a lot of death too then they're not back you know but yeah there's a lot of crashed cars and shit when uh ant-man's coming out of the yeah 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 well, that was <laughs> that was my my thought when uh when dr straight you know he's opening up all the portals and everybody's coming pouring out and they have like the wakandan army and whatnot that comes to help fight and everything and i'm like so did they resurrect all the Wakandans that died in Infinity War before the snap when they were fighting Thanos' like war dogs or whatever? Well, you're also that also brings up the point of like they get resurrected and then immediately thrown in this battle and it's like they got their shit together pretty quickly, didn't they? They're like They did, but it it's it's vague how much time it is. And also for them, no time had passed. So I don't yeah, know. And I guess yeah. too, you're like literally the fate of the universe is dependent on us stopping <laughs> this guy. So I'm just saying there'd be some chaos involved of like, yeah. what the hell just happened? Where's it going? Well, it's like I heard something yeah. where someone was like, oh, and then Hawkeye's wife calls him immediately. And you're like, that probably would be the first thing you did. Like, if mm-hmm. you turned to ashes and then you materialized again and then you're at your house, you'd be like, I'm going to call my husband. He was just here. What the fuck's going on? You know? <laughs> now, Especially when it's like, I'm going to call my husband, who's an Avenger. Yeah, totally. Now, Ryan. Yeah. This might be a little lesson about how, me. So you can learn something about me. <laughs> when I bring up the idea that, like, it took, it'd be weird how much shit they had to get together right away to then go battle Thanos, that's not really me criticizing it. I'm just musing and having fun uh. with the narrative. This isn't something that actually, like, ruined the movie for me. It's just now yeah. upon thinking about it, I'm like, you would have been, you'd be a little disorientated just being, like, Rematerialized, and now you have to like go fight suddenly, and you're like, "What the hell's even going well, on?" Right I now? just saw the movie a second time, and I guess he didn't notice, but like all these portals open up, and all the people come out of Wakanda, and then all the Doctor Strange guys mm-hmm. come, and the Asgardians are all sort of like straightening their belts, and they're like, come on, <laughs> "Yeah, guys, they're, they're getting a, a little another <laughs> Yeah, there's like a bunch. You know, you can you get a sense that uh, you know they're they yeah. don't quite have it together. <laughs> Mark, you have anything to say? <laughs> uh, it was cool when they all came out of the portals. I cheered. <laughs> well, that was so cool, man. I was say it was a really great payoff to like mm-hmm. all those movies and just getting all the people back for that. And do you think there should be a Spider-Man Doctor Strange team-up movie? Ooh. Well, 
I mean, we, we, is that just to satisfy you to get more Doctor Strange <laughs> in, or uh... <laughs> strange things happen when when, when Doctor Strange is around Spider Man? So. <laughs> I did like the little. Um, Nod with uh, Spider Man and and Captain Marvel. I mean, you know, because there there is like a little like flirtation of the two of them in the comics. Now, granted, that's not going to happen in these movies because they're like what like ten fifteen years apart or whatever it is. Yeah, right. But, like yeah. I, I like that little exchange. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, again the nod to the comics that this movie had, which was kind of cool. But um, yeah, we could do Spidey Doctor Strange. I, Spidey needs a new mentor. So, um, it's true. Well, yeah, it's true. actually, he really doesn't need a mentor, but let's not go there. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> With my buddy. Does he of- need more gadgets on his suit? No, no. <laughs> and I, I, I had a moment before the movie where my, my podcast co host said, There's a moment where. You're going to question it because I question it. Would Spider-Man do this? And the second I, it happened in the movie, I said, that's the moment. It was when he he shows up and he starts getting attacked by all the space dogs. And he goes, yeah, kill mode uh-huh. activate. I'm like, ah, Spider-Man doesn't kill. He doesn't kill. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> but, space dogs. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's Mark, what my I, wife said. <laughs> I want you to know, Mark, that I had that exact same reaction. And it was followed by Ryan's <laughs> I, reaction where I was, was like, activate kill mode. And I immediately went, Spider-Man doesn't kill. And I was like, eh, they're space dogs. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, so, so you have no problem with killing dogs, right, Austin? Is that space dog, evil Thanosian space dogs. I am fine with killing. Right. <laughs> that is a stand I am willing to take. Speaking of my nitpicks, um, my main pet peeve of all these movies is that everybody's always taking their fucking mask off all the time. And when <laughs> yeah. everyone, I saw this for the second time with my friend today, and when everyone is coming through the portals, and then like Spider-Man jumps out, and you're like, yeah, and then he immediately makes his mask come off, my friend was like, you hate this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, or he's like, hey, Captain Marvel, I'm Peter Parker, and it's like, you're supposed to not want people to know who you are. <laughs> well... And to my point, if he had just rematerialized and was disorientated, it'd make more sense just to, for him not to have his mask at all at the moment and being like, what's going on? And getting his like suit getting back ready, right? Well, he was in his suit when he died, though. He would have rematerialized in his suit. I know. I don't know the logistics. But, I mean, when they dust, why did your clothes get dusted with you? Like, It's a cosmic power. <laughs> Thanos wanted them to have dignity in the afterlife. That would have been cool if they all came back they all came out of the portals and they were all naked. Yeah. Look, David, Thanos didn't want to leave 50% of the population's clothes behind as, like, litter that everyone had to pick up. That would have been awesome if the opening was just, like, piles and piles of clothes everywhere. We'll never recover from this. If only everyone would come back, we would know what to do with these clothes. That would have justified the ending it would have it was all that was left behind were clothes and clint barton's hot dogs (laughs) (laughs) he ate the hot dogs (laughs) ryan just because you eat the hot dogs doesn't mean he ate the hot dogs i would i wouldn't even be sad that my family disappeared until after i finished the hot dogs like more for my family Oh, All right, guys, I'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have much more to say. I loved it, personally. I mean, again, I don't think I'll rewatch it a million times. I think I'll watch Endgame a million more times, or uh, Infinity War a bunch more. This is more, if they put it on Netflix, I'll watch that ending battle three times, but I don't think I'll sit through the whole movie a bunch of times. But I thought it was a really good, like, the dance at the end I thought was the most perfect ending they could have had. I, I loved it.
As long as you knew who they were. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know who went to this movie, and was, I don't know. I mean, that the fact that I saw all these movies, like I even saw Thor two and Ant Man two and shit. I saw even the bad ones that they all culminate. Hey, Ant Man two wasn't a bad one. It wasn't bad, but it was totally. And I don't remember it except that he gets stranded in the quantum zone at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then they did the Secret Wars Hulk holding up a mountain. Yeah. Also. Oh, that's that right. I totally forgot cool. about that, but yeah, that was pretty great. That was I love that. Good one, yeah. Um, so I I thought it was such a great payoff for having seen all these movies. Austin, any final thoughts? Um, nothing that I haven't already said. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was fun. It had a lot of really great fuck yeah moments in it. Um, I thought it was a good payoff for the most part. Um, like I said, I have I have my issues with where they left the character of Captain America, and I have issues with where they left the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But like you said, uh, we'll see what how they handle it in the future. I guess good or bad, that's the pop culture world we live in now. I guess where things, even things that are meant to end, don't really end, and uh, we just have to hang on for the next chapter. Um, yeah, I mean, in the moment, the the dance at the end with 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 Captain with Steve and, and Peggy uh, was emotionally affecting. And then as I was leaving the theater and thinking about it, and I'm like, wait, he just bailed on the world. And but in the moment, it was like, ah, they finally had their dance together. Mark, yeah, I mean, you know, ditto to a lot of this. I mean, I feel that it's it's <laughs> it's a movie. I feel that rewards people who have been fans of the franchise and i think it also rewards people who are fans of the comics too i mean there was a lot of different stuff that that i yeah. really enjoyed as a comic book fan more so than even a fan of these movies and um i mean again i still feel like infinity war probably scratched that itch a little more but i mean this still had a lot of really cool references and nods to different things that i was not expecting and mm-hmm. and it just you know i mean i think for that alone I definitely need to see it a second time um, to kind of look for more references, um, but you know th- that that alone kind of gives it some replay value to me. That that they really kind of went above and beyond to give a nod to to fans of both mediums to to kind of give them something to to latch onto. Yeah, I thought Cap holding Thor's hammer was a big nod to longtime comic book fans like that that would have been completely unexpected to people who've only seen the movies but people who have read the comics for a long time would be like yeah yeah it was like a yeah um also uh, yeah, the, the hail hydra that cap says yeah was like, fuck you he's like why complain about this nerds yeah oh no doubt i mean and then they're even fighting each other like the two caps it's like okay secret empire fuck you yeah, yeah. <laughs> That yeah. was the thing I didn't expect at all. Was like I didn't expect to f- Captain America to fight his time displaced self. I was like, <laughs> I didn't ask for this, but I'm cool with it. And yeah. The, yeah. the America's well, ass jokes were pretty good too. I, was, uh, I mean, I I think I'm becoming more comfortable with most of the time traveling aspects. Not completely, but because uh, it gets a little weird. But it was a good vehicle for revisiting past movies and, like, mm-hmm. literally, as yeah. opposed to just you know mentions and and so it was fun to see them go back in time and see Cap fight himself and see how he's changed throughout the movies and <laughs> such. And overall, I'd be I guess it'd be interesting for me to watch the movies again, movie again 
knowing how it ends so I can revisit it and enjoy it possibly more. Because even the final battle, I didn't enjoy as much because I started realizing that they're not going to undo this snap and this is how it's going to end. And I'm like, that can't be. And so that was like nagging at me while the battle was going on. And so with that just now known, maybe I'll enjoy the movie more next time or can more completely accept it for what it is. But so it still has left a bad taste in my mouth, but I'd be willing to revisit it. I'll put it that way. Uh, That's all our corporate overlords at Disney can ask. I know. Spend more money. (laughs) And like I said, if this was the final movie, maybe I'd have a different opinion too. I'd be like, the world's kind of fucked, but I guess, you know, that's how it ends. But the fact that it's affecting other movies and I, and we just don't know how that's going to play out. It, I guess we'll see. And maybe maybe they'll handle it so well, my rage will be all ill-founded. Hmm. To me, like, if they created a weird dynamic that they're going to explore, it's fine. What would have ruined it to me if, if they had said, this is always my rule with, like, long serial fiction. If they tell you that mm-hmm. the shit you saw didn't happen anymore or it happened differently. So that's why I was okay with the time travel, because they didn't erase anything we'd seen. Yeah. So I was cool with yeah. it. Like that was the only that's the only deal breaker for me is like undoing what you've already seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark, you don't know what it's like having to deal with that in your serial fiction oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um and then I can't wait for in ten years when they one up this with like Avengers Star Wars The Simpsons <laughs> uh, Mulan. <laughs> but I, uh They're gonna be all riding the lions from the Lion King to battle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify your point, Ryan, you're okay with like an individual story erasing itself, so to speak. Like if the Avengers had gone back in time and stopped the snap from happening, that's okay. But it'd be like further backstories that were settled. Maybe. Shouldn't be disappeared. I guess if it's part of one consistent story, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, like, if they had gone, like, oh, okay, now uh, Peter Parker's 25, and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Pepper Potts and Tony didn't get together. She got together with Captain America. Like, if it was just, like, oh, it's just different than what you saw, and you have to get caught up to this new thing, yeah. and you're like, why did I read 400 issues of Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man then? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, uh, yeah. That that's sense. what I don't like. Yeah, totally understand. Uh, all right. Uh, so thumbs up, mostly all around. <laughs> I give it an t- enthusiastic thumbs up. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you have to watch all the movies before it, really. So yeah, but I did. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just an interesting point that like to recommend this movie would be it'd be like you well you have to watch all the movies before it and so you're pretty much just recommending it to people who are going to go see it anyways. So. I would say too that you could still skip Thor two and like read the Wikipedia for it and <laughs> and Iron Man two and the Hulk. I'm a lot kinder yeah. to Iron Man two than most people. The Hulk, I definitely I don't think even exists in this series. <laughs> it barely yeah i know they don't even reference it i like too when you're like why is um happy hogan so prominently uh present at the tony stark funeral and you're like oh because that's the director that started all these movies 
but yeah. he's standing next to Don Cheadle at the be- at the the front <laughs> of the funeral procession, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, what if it was just Terrence Howard for <laughs> just for this <laughs> one shot? Finger snap also turns Don Cheadle back into Terrence, Howard. or just that like I could see Terrence Howard like, god damn it, <laughs> watching that. What if they went back in time to like the Iron Man movie, and so then it's Terrence Howard is. Yeah. <laughs> And someone makes a comment about, like, wow, Rhodey, you sure look different or something. (laughs) Or they go back and they kill Terrence Howard as a baby, and then he turns (laughs) into a place by Don Cheater. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, they could have used time travel to explain that one. Uh, All right. Uh... Mark, where can people find you online? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, All that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, you, you can f- always find my podcast, Amazing Spider Talk. And uh, I do have a book that still exists out there. Not that anyone ever bought it or read it, but that's 100 Things Spider-Man Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. So, yeah, you know, I'll plug that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll have you know, Mark, I bought it and read it. Oh, thank you very much. There's the one. <laughs> I, there's the one. I liked Rule 37. <laughs> Keep your mask on. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Uh, I got a website it's ohyesverynice.com O-H-Y-E-S and that's uh, I'm an illustrator that's a bunch of my drawings and other than that I'm not on uh, not on social media right now I'm taking a break from it and it's been wonderful let me tell you I recommend it to everyone on earth (laughs) Uh, Austin uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter, where you can yell at me about Doctor Who at Austin <laughs> Gordon, and uh, you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com, where I write reviews about the X-Men, aka the comic book series that just gets shitty movies now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I feel like the Twitter is just nothing but a bunch of David Bitsenhoffers is the problem. <laughs> That hurts. <laughs> that that one stings. I'm sorry, David. I don't mean it. <laughs> David is not nearly as uh, as misogynistic and hate filled as the vast majority of. Twitter. I'm going to argue with you about hate filled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where can we find you online, David? You can find me online, not spewing hate. On Twitter at Dr. Bits and at the real gentleman of leisure.com. Although I'm not always kind of Game of Thrones, which I'm reviewing now, too. Maybe I am just filled with too much hate. I felt I, like the big battle at the end of this movie should have just been like really dark, like where I had to keep adjusting yeah, my yeah, TV where you just over and over. Can't even see anything. And you're like, <laughs> what just smudges. Oh, I liked to. Well, I well, think the, the beauty of. A battle where you don't see anything is your imagination lets lets you create the battle for you. It's like Jaws, you know? I feel like the thing that's really comparable to the Battle of Winterfell that was in Endgame was when you see Michael Douglas's de-aged face. Because he's just like a big smear. They're like, smudge his whole face out. Just blur it up and smudge it. Uh, We are a very special episode podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at AVSE Pod. Check out our Facebook page and comment on us about how we spoiled this movie for you. And uh, email <laughs> us via avsepodcast at gmail.com. So for a very special episode podcast, this is David saying that after this podca- podcast, I think maybe I'll try some of that life stuff that Ryan was telling me about.
That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh, how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode Luke, we're about to see your new video by H-Town, but I've got a question for you. What does knocking the boots really mean? Well, knocking the boots actually means two boots coming together, making tasteful lust. Yeah. We're doing this one for all the ladies. H-Town boys. Kicking it with my boy Luke. For the 9-3, you know what I'm saying? Cause we will be knocking the boots. <laughs> G.I. Shazam Dino. They gonna do a little something for you real sexy like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey yo, check the verse. Our last night I caught the back when we made good love. Listening to some more These moments once again perfect So won't you, so won't you um, I do it for us, babe Good love invited, rockin', knockin' boots all night long hey. Making love until we're tired to the break of dawn But oh, come on, oh, come on, I'm turn the lights down Just me and you, it'll be so right, so right. 
Close. So- 